you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Thursday, March 23rd, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest. He was on the NFL Now set earlier today. He'll be on the NFL Total Access set Later today, kid gets around. He's the pride of the Tigers, the Princeton Tigers, where he was an all Ivy League wideout and punt returner, a member of Princeton's all-time team, by the way. He holds five school records as a receiver and punt returner, including most returns in a season and most yards in a game. He's the pride of the Eagles in whose company he became the youngest college scouting director in the NFL. He's the pride of the Bills. He was the national college scout for them. And he's the pride of the Giants, where his knack for scouting and player development helped deliver the G-Men two Super Bowls. You know, if you're into that. He's a man perfectly suited for this moment in time. He's Mark Ross. Welcome back to the pod, sir. Thank you, man. I love the walk-up intro there. I got to use that. Just take that and just wherever I go, just use that one. Uh, what, what what would your walk-out music be? Man, I'd, I'd go something Jay-Z-ish. You know, I've never, I've never really narrowed down which one, but I'd probably go I love that. Hey, no, no, you're... 90s hip-hop, something there, Jay-Z. Say no more. Say no more. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy, and on today's show, it's not a pro day, it's a prize fight. It's a battle for number one for the top pick between C.J. Stroud, whose Ohio State pro day was yesterday, and Bryce Young, whose Bama pro day was today. It's the first time we have seen this young man throw a football since New Year's Eve 2022. That was the Sugar Bowl, the win over K-State. He was 15 for 21, 321 yards and five touchdowns on that day. The question is, what did he look like on this day? And was it enough to secure the number one overall pick in the draft? Is that even the right question? Mark Ross will school us on the rather significant difference between first and fit, Stroud and Young, Panthers and Texans, because as far as topics go, guys, who goes first is popular, but who gets the right fit? Well, that's kind of the point. 
And that's our story of the day. Plus, TikTok, we are on the clock. Our countdown to the draft has reached the Atlantic coast of North Florida for an examination and a celebration of... That's right, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Jags, the teal, black, and gold cats, formerly of the AFC Central, now the AFC South. They of the regrettable fraternity of four NFL teams that have never played in a Super Bowl, but they of the growing belief that there is no better team in the AFC South. We'll throw open the doors to the NFL Hall of Fans. Cue the music. Kill the music. Jags fans only, please. The rest of you stay outside. Jags stories and hopes and draft wishes and bold predictions are coming up. But first, this. A clean performance by you. Self-assess. How did it go? Um, you know, I was I, I was happy. I'm you know, I was happy to be just be out there throwing with my guys again. Um, you know, this is a special process. Just me being able to have this opportunity is something that I definitely don't take for granted. So I was I'm grateful for everyone who, who came and uh, everyone who watched. And you know, I'm, I'm I'm happy to have have you know performed. One of the things that we heard from the guys back in studio while you were throwing, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, Rhett Lewis, and the guys back there talking about it was how the ball comes out and you could see it live. You know, the ball for you comes out high. Your your release is over the top, whereas some Taller quarterbacks are releasing it down here. The release point might be the same, and you could see the way that that ball mm. takes off. You you throw higher than your your height suggests, if that makes any sense. Now, is that something that you've worked on uh, the last couple of years to perfect, or is that your natural slot? Yeah, um, you know, for me, honestly, I pride myself in being able to change my arm angle and, and mm. throw with whatever it is that's necessary. Um, like you said, sometimes it has to be more over the top, um, and then you know, sometimes if there's someone in your face, you have to get it around them. Um, you have to find windows, whatever it may be. But I pride myself in manipulating my arm angle and still being efficient when I'm throwing and making sure that I can, you know, read those circumstances, situations to get the ball out efficiently. The number one overall pick is how important is that to you? Um, you know, for me, honestly, it's something that I fall into the category of things I can't control. Mm. Um, for me, I want to put my best foot forward. I want to present myself in the best way. Um, and I'm grateful for all the teams that I've talked to, um, that I've interviewed with and everything in between. Um, and all I can do is, you know, try to put my best foot forward, um, you know, try to do what I did today. Um, and, you know, let my film speak for itself outside of that. And, you know, I can't control where I'm drafted, who drafts me. Um, but whoever does, you know, I'll be super grateful for them to take a chance on me. Bryce, thank you very much. Uh, thank you. I, I heard it was scallops at dinner last night with the Carolina Panthers, scallops and a salad. How? Yeah, I'm telling you, man, yeah. the if everything How? in the draft process is analyzed. Listen, you see who you don't talk to? <laughs> Newsflash, he will snitch. He tell all the business. Wow. <laughs> you know. He don't know who the source was on that. Could have been you for all I know. Bryce, listen, great job today. Thank you so much for your time. Good luck the next couple of weeks. Control what you can control. Mm. I like that one. Guys, Bryce Young. Bryce Young, the former Heisman Trophy winner, a man some say is the most Sunday-ready, NFL-ready quarterback in the draft. He was a combine spectator, let's not forget, but he took the field today in Tuscaloosa. Of course, yesterday, the day before in Columbus, Ohio, C.J. Stroud, C.J. Wowd, putting the pressure to perform firmly on the some say undersized shoulders of Bryce Young. Mark Ross, you were a scout for many years in this league. What would you have put in your notebook based on what you saw today? Well, it's basically what I thought. And I joke about this every year with these pro days, with these th throwing sessions. The, the next bad one will be the first. I mean, Literally all these guys come out and they crush it because it's such a controlled environment. It's so scripted. You know, you got open receivers. You, there's no pressure. There's no rush. 
So these guys always perform well. I mean, it was only not so long ago that one Zach Wilson was the buzz of the, the, the season because of how impressive he was in his pro days. So when I would have our scouts go to pro days, it was more so the personality, the leadership, the how these guys react to their team, how the team reacts to them, the staff. Those are such more intricate qualities of a quarterback than actually just throwing at these pro days. So I would have been looking for how Bryce carried himself, how his teammates responded to him, how the coaches, the equipment people, how they all sort of gravitated around him or not, because you know he was going to crush it. And if you're going into a pro day thinking you're going to make or break a player or one player is better or another in a pro day, then you've missed the whole evaluation. You better have watched that film and been at those games and scouted those games and said, either Bryce Young or Steve, I'm not telling who anybody who's right. I love Bryce Young. I think he's the best. He's going to be a star. But it, whatever team you are, whatever player, you better have done the scouting during the season when they're actually on the field and said, this is our guy and not making them up postseason. Mark, we saw something very interesting take place out there on that Bama Pro Day field today. Uh, specifically, he called his own plays. Most of the Pro Day performances that we see, especially from quarterbacks, they tend to be scripted, 40, 50, 60, 70 snap plays, and it's all according to a script, one that is well-rehearsed ahead of time. On this day, Bryce Young was showing off a little bit. He was flexing a little bit in terms of being able to adjust to the moment and go based on his own feel and his own flow. He was calling his own plays, not to suggest that those plays weren't rehearsed themselves, but in terms of what play followed the next and what comes next and what comes next. Well, that was up to Bryce. Does that impress you? Is that the kind of next level approach that would turn the head of a scout if he or she had any doubts. Yeah, that's that's the stuff you're really looking for. That's the that leadership, the, the mentality. But it has to confirm what you know throughout the season. So not only did he do that, but then you hear Nick Saban saying, yes, this guy was in here every Sunday after the game, making sure he was ready for the next week and studying and planning. You know, talk to the scouts. I mean, the coaches, other coaches there as quarterback coach, other players and say, hey, what about Bryce? How? So this is probably things that everyone has been talking about him for two years, really, about how smart he is, how gifted he is mentally. And that's what gets lost a lot with these quarterbacks is we hear about the Anthony Richardson's and the 40 verticals and jumping and doing all that. It's the mind. It's the quickness of the mind is what separates great quarterbacks. When you watch Patrick Mahomes play, he's ahead of everybody else in everything he does. When you watch Joe Burrow, same thing. Tom Brady in his prime, Aaron Rodgers in his prime. Those guys' mind is what separates them, not the arm, not the movement, all that, how they can outthink and outquick everything that's going on. And Bryce Young, when you watch him, he has that same quality as those guys where it's, I see everything, I feel everything, I'm putting everybody in a position, I know where everybody is, I know where I'm going, and that's just rare. You can't coach that, you can't teach it, you can't kind of get better at that. It's almost one of those things you have it or you don't, and that's what's impressive about Bryce Young. It may actually explain a few things today, Mark, because I think if we're being honest, more balls hit the ground today than let's say we saw yesterday in Columbus. But one, it may have been a product of the fact that he was calling plays himself. So because it was somewhat unscripted, the receivers were uncertain as to what was coming next. I think that put a little bit more pressure on them. And I would blame small B in quotes, no real finger pointing, but I would probably blame the receivers for most of the balls that did hit the ground that we saw today. Something 
something else, though, that we have talked about ad nauseum with regards to Bryce Young is, of course, the size. Does size matter? Does it matter in this case? Does it matter at this position maybe more than any other? Mike Garofolo was out there and he said he tweeted today, one of the big takeaways from Bryce Young's pro day is evaluators noted how high his release is and he stands tall in the delivery. He doesn't bend much. Watching him live, he throws bigger than he is, is the quote. Concerns with his measurables are about weight, not about height. First of all, uh, I, I really enjoy, I like that report from Mike Garofolo because this is a visual and this is a concern that is kind of stuck in all of our heads leading up to the draft. My question to you, Mark Ross, based on what you've seen, based on your scouting instincts, you like this player, you think he's a better quarterback than the others. However, does his size concern you? Does size matter in this case? So, of course, it would be. So, whenever a player, any player has a weakness or a perceived weakness, you have to look and see on the film, okay, does that show up as a problem when they play? So, okay, Bryce Young is small. What does that mean? Well, he's going to get hurt a lot. Well, did he get hurt a lot at Alabama? No. You know, he fell and he hurt his arm. That wasn't because he was small. <laughs> it was just because it was something awkward that happened. Okay, does he get hit a lot? When you watch Bryce Young play, does he get... No, he doesn't. He gets away from trouble as good as anyone that I've seen in the college ranks. And that will, that will actually transcend into the NFL. These are things that will transfer to the NFL, the, these sort of the movement skills that he has the field to get up, get out of trouble. Okay. When he goes out and runs, does he get hit? Nope. He gets out of the way he slides and he gets out of trouble. So of course you're going to talk about the weight just because there hasn't been anyone this small and you think he's going to get hurt, but it doesn't show up there. And when you look at outliers, whatever it may be, uh, you know, Kyler Murray a few years ago is with the height that, you know, it's, they dominate. This guy dominates. So you take chances on outliers who dominate. And he's done things that no one else in college football history has done. So that, to me, is if he was just an average guy, you're like, whoa, nah, this weight thing is going to be an issue. But when you dominate like he's done and do the things that he's done and have the rare qualities, then you overlook that. And I'm going to gamble on the greatness as opposed to, well, he's only 204. That might be an issue we're making up. Uh, let me put a fine point on what it is I hear from you and what it is I feel from you. You believe that Bryce Young is the best quarterback in the draft. And if you had the number one pick in the draft, he would be your selection. No, quite, oh, without a doubt. I think he without a doubt, him. not even not even a question. Without a doubt. You said. That I just I watched the film and rewatched the film and rewatched different games and just seeing him lot, you know, play. It's just to me, he's a he's a very easy evaluation of he exudes all of the qualities that you see in the great quarterbacks in the league now when again you have to compare great players to how they play and look at the differences between how those great players play and how they feel the game and how they produce to other great players and when you watch him you're like yep he looks like those guys in the way he controls the game now he has to do it in the nfl but just the way he plays in college the way he's dominated in college 
he shows those same qualities. Okay, so we have distilled this pre-draft mania, certainly about the top two picks and the top two quarterback prospects. You believe that Bryce Young is far and away the best quarterback in this draft class. Answer me this specifically. What does Bryce Young have that C.J. Stroud doesn't? The the quickness of the mind, the total command of what's going on on the field, the innate sense in the pocket or anywhere, anything he does, the efficiency matched with the unbelievable playmaking ability that he has and the magic that he exudes. He has those things. C.J. Stroud is more of a almost program the way he plays and doesn't have a lot of like innate quickness and feel. He's big guy. He's got a great arm. He's got some movement. But just when you compare that to what Bryce does, there's just a different class that, that Bryce exudes. But it all starts with, and this is great players in any sport, Steph Curry's of the world. You've heard it, the comparison to Steph Curry. Like, yep, he just kind of does what he wants out there. <laughs> He's just, despite what he looks like or what's going on, he just kind of does what he wants to do out there. And that's when I watch Bryce Young. It's like, yeah, he just kind of does what he wants to do. Is there a better fit for Bryce Young in, in sort of in the face of and maybe even in spite of all of these wonderful traits that you are sharing with us? Yep. Is the Carolina Panthers a better fit than the Houston Texans for Bryce Young? So I would say no. I think when you have a player like that, just like Joe Burrow, when Joe Burrow came out, I thought he was by far and away the best quarterback of that draft class. Whoever took him was going to get a start. And I feel this way with Bryce Young. That being said, I think the Panthers have done an, un, an amazing job of building a foundation for whoever they take. You have, they've got an offensive-minded coach, and they've got an outstanding young offensive line. They just brought in Adam Thielen to go with Chenault, and uh, they've got Hayden, they signed Hayden Hurst. Yeah, uh, they, they got Miles Sanders. So they got Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard. You've got your left tackle, Equonu. You've got yeah, uh, you know Taylor Moten, the right round. tackle. Uh, they've had talent. All if you look at their roster, they're telling man, they've got really good players. So whoever steps in there doesn't have to go in there and be the savior. Oh, also they got Andy Dalton. So you, there's no rush to throw this guy into the mix. Whoever they take, get ready at their own time, their own pace. You got a veteran in there. You may lose games, but at least you got a guy in there. You don't have to rush in. So that's an outstanding foundation for either one. But you talk about fit. So back when I was with the Eagles in '99, uh, when we drafted Donovan Nab, Nab with the second pick. And when you kind of have guys, with, we thought Donovan was by far and away the best player. But it was also the fit of being in New York, being in Philadelphia, you know, a new head coach with Andy Reid, you know, big city and all that. And some of those other quarterbacks that were in that class just wouldn't have had that same sort of grit that McNabb had. Being from Chicago, but playing in the Big East, he, he knew that he, he just exuded that feel of, Yep, I can handle this situation. Whereas one guy we brought in, I won't mention his name. He got we picked him up from the airport. I'm driving to the facility. He's like, man, there's a lot of big buildings around here. Like, it's not going to be a good fit for this guy up in here. So, yeah, there are certain years with certain teams with certain coaches that different players will fit better, particularly quarterbacks. But when you when you're by far and away the best, I think you better fit to what that guy does, and don't have to make him fit what you do. Is Bryce Young a good fit for the Texans, or am I just overstating this thread? He's a good fit for anybody in your estimation? 
yes, he's a good fit for anybody. You, you're going to be you'll be happy to, to to get Bryce Young, no matter. Who then you let's are. apply the same question to C.J. Stroud. Is C.J. Stroud a good fit or a better fit for the Texans than he would be the Panthers? You know, I think he's a better, and, and the Panthers right now are a better fit for anybody. <laughs> Just because we talked about the infrastructure that they do have, the foundation and the talent that they have around them. The Texans are still a ways away from that. And they, man, this guy's got to come here and be the savior. And we don't really have anybody else to get us through. And that is a concern where you want that these guys to kind of develop at their own time and, and not have to do everything on their own. So they are by far the, the best fit. Um, and if we go out of the top, the, the top two, you know, I think Seattle is an outstanding place someone could land, particularly someone that needs a lot of development, like an Anthony Richardson. And we're getting off topic here, but where he, Gino's there, they just signed Gino, veteran head coach, tons of talent. Hey, let that guy go over there and just develop for a year or two or three, however long it takes, whether he makes it or not, whether you think he's going to be a good quarterback or not, that's just a great situation for to put someone in. Better fit for Anthony Richardson in Seattle than in Indianapolis, who, of course, picks one pick prior to Seattle. Yes, without a doubt. You got and that's the situation where they've got nobody. I mean, you might be lining up at quarterback at the rate the Colts are going with that. So if whoever they take, it's going to be instant yearning of get this guy in here. Let's save the franchise and a team with their a ways away new head coach where I think there would just be too much pressure, not enough infrastructure on someone going in there, especially someone who needs a lot of time to develop. Should I be concerned if I'm C.J. Stroud's team, having heard what you just said in terms of the comparison between the infrastructure, the readiness, the talent in Carolina versus the same metrics in Houston? If Carolina picks Bryce Young in spite of all the glad handing we saw happening on that field yesterday in Columbus. If that was an act of subterfuge, and in fact, they do announce Bryce Young as their number one overall pick, should I be concerned if I'm C.J. Stroud going to Houston? Because (laughs) I get a sense in that situation, you don't have your Andy Dalton, let's say, or your Geno Smith, as you've called out for Carolina and for Seattle, for him to grow and learn behind. He's probably thrust out there week one, go to the Wolves, good luck. Should I be concerned if I'm C.J. Stroud, if I hear the Texans call my name at two? Yeah, of course, C.J. Stroud is going to say all the things, do all the right things and say, hey, whoever's going to take me, I'll be happy to go. I mean, he's just a class act, class young man. So he won't say that. But yes, I would be concerned. And you have to also look at not only the current state of the organizations, but the history of the organizations. And that plays a factor, too, where stable stable organizations provide better foundation on and off the field for these guys. And let's be honest, the Texans have been in a state of flux since, you know, I don't know how long we're going on with these with them, with something new every year and the ownership and GMs. And, Coaches firing coaches every year, no talent, bad trades at all. So that's definitely a concern of, all right, on the field you're struggling, but it's also the off the field organization. And some organizations do it better than others. And it's been proven that winning organizations keep winning. The ones that struggle keep struggling. And that has that's a huge factor in it. So uh, all these guys just want to get drafted. They want to be a part of it. But yes, if you're CJ Stroud, you'd much rather go to Carolina than you know, or, or, or Bryce, you know, then to the Texans because of that, those concerns. 
Translation from Mark Ross, Carolina is in a better position to win right now. Ergo, they are the better fit for both of these young men, both Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, no matter who is the better quarterback. However, he made clear who he believes the better quarterback is, and that person is Bryce Young, the young man who took the pro day field today in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. The winner of this battle for number one, according to Mark Ross anyway, is and should be Bryce Young. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy, and it is time to restart the clock in our countdown to the draft. The draft begins April 27th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NFL Network and NFL Plus. It's the 2023 NFL Draft presented by Verizon. Make NFL Network and NFL Plus your draft headquarters. Today, we make a stop 12 miles south of the Georgia state line at the seat of Duval County in Jacksonville, Florida, the home of the Jaguars, the keeper of nine picks in April's draft. They have a first rounder. That's the 24th overall selection. They have a second rounder, a third, a fourth, sorry, two fourths, one fifth, 
two in the sixth round and one in the seventh round. That is nine in total. Now, their draft needs, experts say they need help on the D-line, in the secondary, and at offensive tackle. They may also need time to mature as a franchise and as a fan base, mature as in a fine wine, not a bratty kid. Let's be clear about that. Why? Well, because their history is short by NFL standards. 1995 was their very first season in the league. That's 29 seasons in all so far. That's tied for third youngest franchise in the NFL. Super Bowls, well, zero appearances add up to zero wins. Their winningest coach, Tom Coughlin, with a record of 68 and 60. Now, their franchise record, well, it's 189 and 261. History is not kind to young teams in the NFL, and their overall record certainly suggests that. They have zero retired jerseys, but if they were to retire one, they'd have to consider number 71, the jersey number rocked by the franchise's first ever draft choice, Tony Baselli, the offensive tackle out of Southern Cal that was back in 1995. Tony Baselli, incidentally, is the Jags' only representative in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, so their first pick very likely their best pick. So yes, their history is short, but you know what? Their hopes are high, certainly after what we witnessed in 2022. What were they last season? For me, fascinating. Statistically speaking, they were a tale of two units, a defense that struggled against the pass and on third down, they just couldn't keep teams off the field enough times but they were ruthless in terms of taking the ball away. Tied for fifth in the league at Thievery. Empty backfield, dropping the throws, Davis Mills. Throws it out to the left side, that ball came out. That ball has come out there. Tyson Campbell picks it up. He's gonna run it into the end zone for the touchdown. The ball popped out, Campbell picked it up. And he scores for Jacksonville. They were a classic bend, don't break defense, though. Let's be clear about that. Their total defense, 24th in the league, certainly bottom half. But their scoring defense, 12th. That is significant. So, too, was their offense. 10th in total offense, scoring offense, and passing offense. They were ninth on third downs. They were fifth in keeping their hair clean. Oh, excuse me, typo. Rather, keeping Trevor Lawrence on his feet. All to say they were stingy against opponents' pass rush. And they had a flair for the dramatic. This team ranked ninth in the NFL in big plays. Play fake. Dropping. Rolling right, looking downfield, fires, got a man down, there's A. Jones, is down there, makes the catch at the 20, inside the 15, to the 10, to the 5, touchdown, Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence to Zay Jones. Mark Ross, before I let you go, let me get you to sound off on the Jacksonville Jaguars. What would your assessment of 2022 be, and then what would your expectations be of this next season of 2023? Well, it all came together about midseason for them. It's everything that they would have wanted and expected to happen. When you say, let's save Trevor Lawrence, you know, it's all about saving Trevor, Trevor Lawrence with Doug Peterson and getting Durbin Meyer out of there, giving... The stability, we've talked about that a lot on the podcast, about the stability and the foundation so he can thrive. And that's what came together for Jacksonville. You know, much chronicled last offseason with all the free agent signings that they had. But I think the biggest deal was just getting a Super Bowl winning head coach in there to help that young man and giving that belief to the team of, hey, we're doing things the right way now. And we're, we're gearing everything to be positive of how we're growing. So they have to be completely thrilled with how they developed throughout the year. Trevor just kept getting better and better. 
Now he kind of hit the skids in the playoffs where the first half of, of the, the Chargers game looked, yeah, he struggled as we saw, but then came through. But then the next game, he also struggled as well. So for next season, it's okay. Now we have to build on this. We're not the, we're not the Cinderella. We're not the feel good people anymore. And Trevor's so great and he's gotten better. Now it's all right. The expectations of you're a good team. Can we carry that over when people are coming at us now and we're, we're just not trying to get better and sneaking up on people? So the consistency of an organization is key. The consistency and still growth that Trevor Lawrence has to show will be paramount to say, all right, these guys are just a borderline playoff team every year, winning the South every year, or, okay, are these guys legitimate Super Bowl contenders? And they have to really show that next season. Do you have every expectation that a team that should be headed up, that should be headed in the right direction and appears to be headed in the right direction will go in the right direction? Do you expect a growth? Do you expect improvement, progress, incremental or or giant, whatever the case may be, that's up to them. But you do expect the 2023 Jags to be better and more consistent than the 2022 Jags? I would think so, definitely. With And that the belief not only comes from within, where you're kind of feeling your way, you're feeling yourself throughout the year getting better. And then once you're there, you have that confidence, like, yeah, we're good. We're better than you. We're going to go in this game and win. And I think they'll carry that over. They'll, they won't carry the, okay, we didn't perform well in the playoffs. They'll use that as a building block. I mentioned McNabb earlier. We When I was with the Eagles, we were 3-13 and then drafted McNabb. First year, he kind of get it, got in there a little bit, got six wins. Then the next year, we made the playoffs. You know, we saw we got better, made the playoffs, lost to the Giants, actually, when they went to the Super Bowl in the playoffs. But it gave us that confidence for the next, okay, now we're good. We know we're good, and we're going to take a step. Made the NFC Championship game the next year, three years in a row. They made five. That team made five NFC Championship games, Super Bowl. Never won one, but it was, you saw each year where we built on what we had the year before, kept adding pieces, but the confidence levels really was started to get off the charts where, are we a good team? We're, we're, no, we're good. We're better than you. We're going to win games. And that's how Jacksonville, Jacksonville will have to play next year. Okay. Finish this sentence, Mark Ross. I wouldn't be surprised if the 2023 Jags did what? Win the South. And that, that's going to help them too. That's that division right now. The other three teams are, are not. Uh, juggernauts, let's just say. They all have their sort of issues uh, with, with the other group. We talked about the Texans and uh, Indy. And, and uh, so they're, they're, the Titans are on the way down. Who knows where they are? So that's going to help them. That's going to help Jacksonville. So that would be, it would not surprise me. Let's just let's go out there. Maybe they don't lose a game in the South next year. Wow, there you go. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. He's not predicting it, but he's saying he wouldn't be surprised if they do go 6-0 against those division opponents next year and win the AFC South. Last question. You're a student of the game. You're an historian in your own right. Who is your favorite ever Jacksonville Jaguar, Mark Ross? Oh, well, I'm sure a lot of people on the network will go for players, and especially for our own very own Maurice Jones-Drew. So I'm sure he'll get a lot of votes. Keenan His Humphrey. birthday is today, by the way. We should probably interrupt this moment to at least wish him a happy birthday. Okay, happy birthday, MJD. I there you go. But him, always, he's still mad at me for not when I was with the Eagles not drafting him, but that's a whole other pod, another story. But I want to throw a curveball, go with Tom Coughlin as my favorite Jack. Oh, there you go. Coughlin, since I did work with the man for 11 years, and he helped deliver us two Super Bowls, providing the exquisite head coaching and leadership there. So that's a slam dunk for me to go with this soon-to-be Hall of Famer at some point, Tom Coughlin. Well played. Mark Ross, thank you so much for your time, bud. Appreciate you. My pleasure. 
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much, Mark Ross. Now let's bring in the faithful Jags fans lining up outside these virtual doors. Throw them open and welcome Jags Nation to the NFL Hall of Fans. Fans like Casey Ziders, whose favorite player is our very own friend of the pod, former NFL rushing champ, MJD Maurice Jones Drew. Now, Casey says that the obvious choices are always guys like Jimmy Smith, Fred Taylor, Mark Brunel, Tony Baselli, but his all time favorite, MJD, Pocket Hercules. When MJD was drafted, he formed one of the best running back tandems in the league with Fred Taylor. They would finish third and second in yards, back-to-back years as a tandem, helping to upset the hated Steelers in the 2007 playoffs. Jags fans remember that one quite well. MJD, according to Casey, could do everything on the field. Hey, the tape suggests he's absolutely right. He returned kicks. He could run between the tackles, catch passes, and yes, pass protect too. Casey credits him with being the lone bright spot during some very rough Jags years, including leading the league in rushing, despite being on a five-win team. Think about that, listener. MJD led the NFL in rushing for a team that only had five wins. Think about how good you have to be to be behind in most of the games that you are playing. And for most teams, that would mean abandoning the run. And yet MJD led the league in rushing on a five-win team. I can't say that strongly enough. That is 
improbable, impossible, extraordinary, astonishing. MJD would only make the playoffs one time during his Jags career. He gave us something to cheer for, Casey says, during those rough times, and he played like he had all of Jacksonville on his shoulders. Honorable mention for Casey. Get ready for this description. Who else, Casey says? Sunshine, Waffle House Jesus, William Trevor Lawrence. The long-awaited search for our king is over, Casey says, as the, quote, prince that was promised descended upon Jacksonville and has shined his light onto Duval County. Everything around the franchise has felt different since he has arrived, Casey says, and even more so after the year he just had. Favorite moment as a Jags fan, the 2017 playoff run, the Saxonville Jaguars. The excitement around the team was unreal after missing the playoffs nine straight years before. The fans were hungry, Casey says. The team was a fun mix of characters. Blake Bortles, Leonard Fournette, Jalen Ramsey, Malik Jackson, Calais Campbell. And every week was a new roller coaster of emotion. The best moment of this past season, Casey says, so many fun ones to pick from. The comeback against the Raiders, the comeback and the overtime win against Dallas, the comeback against the Ravens, sweeping the Titans. But the best moment for him was the comeback. Of course it was. In the wild card round versus the Chargers, four picks, down 27 points on Casey's birthday, a wild game that showed the heart of this team and Trevor Lawrence. Casey says, I will never forget it when that kick went through the uprights. 36-yarder from the right hash to win the game. Logan Cook will put it down. Riley Patterson. Cook puts it down. Patterson's kick is up. The field goal is good! 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 The Jaguars have won it! The Jaguars have won it! They have come back from 27-0 to win the game! and move on! How good is that? Worst moment for Casey, 2017 AFC Championship game. I think a lot of Jags fans probably share that heartbreak. Miles Jack wasn't down, he says. The Jags would beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl if they had won that AFC Championship. Who's to say? Can't say that I doubt that, though. As for predictions this year, Casey says, I believe we are an 11-win team. With the addition of Calvin Ridley and Trevor Lawrence's ascent in the second year of a system. The Jags won nine games last year, he reminds us, with six one-possession losses. By the end of the season, they learned how to win, rattling off six straight wins, including that greatest comeback in playoff history against the Chargers. Casey reminds us that Carson Wentz took his biggest leap as a pro during his second season in Doug Peterson's system. And Casey fully expects Trevor Lawrence to do the same and be a top three NFL quarterback. He says, quote, the league is officially on notice. Don't they know it? Casey finally says, don't be surprised if the Jags are playing, wait for this, on Super Bowl Sunday. He admits this prediction might be a year away, but they had the eventual champion Chiefs on the ropes last year, he reminds us. And probably beat them, if not for a costly fumble by Agnew, who was only in because of a shaken up Christian Kirk. The defense needs to improve, he admits, but the offense should be one of, if not the best offense in the league next season. Fans like our former colleague and our dear friend, Connor Ballantyne, hails from Montana, has moved back to Montana. And yes, our loss is their gain. But how did 
a big sky boy find and fall in love with a team from North Florida. That is a great story. Connor says that when he was a kid, he discovered and loved the big cat, the actual big cat in the wild jaguar. And he wanted a stuffed animal for Christmas. But he says we lived in rural Montana and this was the pre-Amazon world, he reminds us. They couldn't find one of those stuffed animal jaguars, but you know what his parents did find? A Jacksonville Jaguars hat and the rest is history. His favorite player, Fred Taylor. He burst onto the scene as a rookie, Connor says, and was a huge part of two of my favorite Jags teams of all time, the 99 team and the 07 team. Connor's favorite quote about Fred Taylor is from Hall of Famer Jim Brown. Wait for this. Quote, Fred is cold-blooded and nobody generally talks about this guy. You can't catch him. He's got all the natural moves. He just got hurt a lot. So those of us who had the keen eye knew that Fred was one of the greatest running backs that we'd seen in a long time. That is high praise from a high echelon guy, Jim Brown. Only NFL Network's LaDainian Tomlinson and Edger and James outrushed Fred Taylor during his career. Connor believes he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame because of it, despite the injuries he endured. Connor couldn't stop at one. He gave me his top 10 Jags, and I'm going to read them to you because Jags fans deserve these guys to get name checked. Number one, Fred Taylor. Number two, MJD. Then Jimmy Smith then Tony Baselli, then John Henderson. In sixth, he's got Mark Brunel. In seventh, he's got Keenan McCardell. In eighth, he's got Rashawn Mathis. David Gerrard is ninth, and Vinny Manawai is 10th. Honestly, this year's AFC wildcard is probably Connor's favorite Jags memory, he says. I loved other playoff games, the 97 game against the Denver Broncos, 99 against the Dolphins, 07 against the Steelers. We've heard that before, but this one was different, Connor says. The Jags have never come back like they did in 2022, let alone in that historic playoff comeback. He says, I saw a stat during the year that Jacksonville had only won after trailing by 17 or more points twice in team history before this year. Watching football as a Jags fan for most of the past 10 years, Connor says, is learning how to expect bad things to happen and then watching as worse things happen. Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence have changed all of that for him. What the 2022 Jags did against the Chargers in the playoffs this year gave Connor Ballantyne and so many others like him the kind of hope that a fan can only dream of. That's what I'm talking about. You got to love this team. You gotta love Doug Peterson and what he's built and the culture. These guys never feel like they're out of it. Five turnovers in the first half. Four interceptions by Trevor Lawrence. Down 27-0, and they just kicked it to win it and go to the next round. What would he like in the draft? Talent and depth to some high-impact positions. Cornerback, edge rusher, offensive tackle. He'd love a tight end or two for Trevor. Interior O-line help and D-line help. And yes, he'd also like to take a flyer on a tall, big, wingspan wide receiver. Translation, yes, he would like depth at a whole bunch of positions. That's what a learned fan always wants. And finally, he says, don't be surprised if my Jags reach the AFC title game only to lose again to one of the AFC's big three. He says the Chiefs, the Bills, or the Bengals. But he reminds me when he writes that. Translation, one step closer. Connor Ballantyne and Casey Ziders and 
I'm sure MJD and Mark Ross, who we heard from before, and all of you who are Jags fans believe just that. This is a team headed in the right direction. That direction, up. How high will they fly? That is the question. But it is very, very hard for me to believe that anybody but the Jags are going to win the AFC South. And you give any team in the NFL a home playoff game, you have no idea what can happen next. I want to thank all of today's special guests, Mark Ross, and of course, the Jags fans who were nice enough and gracious enough to share their stories with us. I want to invite the listener to come back tomorrow and join us when our countdown to the draft stops at the home of Skoll. That's right, the Minnesota Vikings. So many close wins this year. Could they possibly do the same thing again? Or are they due, mathematically almost, for a decline? Or are they so sick and tired of the doubts of people like me that they're going to shut us all up in stunning style and make a run to Las Vegas and Super Bowl 58? Those are the questions. We'll have answers tomorrow. And don't forget, Will Levis, one of the top five quarterback prospects, takes the field for his pro day in Kentucky. We will have a complete recap of Will Levis. How does he stack up now against the Bryce Youngs and the CJ Strouds and the Anthony Richardsons and the Hendon Hookers? Answers tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.